And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we start a Thursday, Gary, how are you? Well, as I'm sipping on my coffee here, uh, I guess I would suggest to uh, Starbucks, you may want to stay out of the race thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh $25 million lawsuit for firing that white manager after that, remember, the Philadelphia incident. Yeah, right. I And 600000 in uh, compensatory mm-hmm. and the rest punitive. Right. The big $25 million punitive, I think that probably will be lowered. Yeah, I, don't, guess that, but, I don't know... Uh, what it says, what their right. what their laws are in that state for punitive limits, but but still, when that happened, we said, "There's look, there's no way you're singling out this person as being responsible for something you're yeah. responsible for yeah. as a company." Well, and they said they fired her because she's white. Yep, they needed to make that symbolic statement. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they had a regional manager who was black. Yeah, who testified and said she was loved by everybody. There was no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the belief of the witnesses was she was fired because she was white. And I, I mean, I'm just right. after Starbucks did all the crap of, of and the baristas. Now, when you come in, uh, have a discussion with our baristas about race. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still today. I mean, I look at, you know, you look at the Bud Light stuff and the, the Target stuff and everything. But still, that was probably one of the dumbest moves that I've ever seen from a CEO. Let's yeah. d- let's just, <laughs> you come here to get your coffee. Let's discuss race. Now we did advocate that that may be now, uh, especially after the allegations uh, that uh, that from the uh, union that uh, Starbucks uh, is not behind uh, the, uh, the liberal transgender activist movement, the radical transgender activist movement, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, maybe they should uh, have all the customers talk with the baristas about whether, uh, you know, have the, we come in and the baristas will, uh, you know, ask you. So what do you think? Should we be teaching sexually explicit 
things to uh, five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Let's have a discussion on that while you enjoy your morning coffee. Yeah. Would you like oh, one also, of our- let's talk abortion. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like one of our weak-old pastries? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Bill Burr in his latest stand-up special. He goes, look, look, I know you guys. Look, come on. I know you know we've had our back and forth, but I'm going to end it on a nice topic to bring everybody together. Let's talk about abortion. <laughs> and he goes on for 15 minutes about abortion. And, you know, this is the, the um, I, I don't know, lack of self-awareness, lack yeah. of your environment, lack of pretty much any knowledge as to how a society runs and what your role in it is. Starbucks, come on in. Talk politics and religion. Come on in. We're going to dump <laughs> hot coffee in your lap. I mean, you know, it's it's this week is Catholicism week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into that. Next week is Trump week. That's right. <laughs> Fur or against. Feel, feel free to re, to wear your Make America Great Again hat <laughs> in any Starbucks location. Feel free. We encourage that. Yeah, I I mean, just it's (laughs) seriously total complete lack of. I mean, they might as well have said, listen, (laughs) we're going to have a discussion. Which is better, Ford or Chevy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just I went too far. They would never do that. That would be extreme. (laughs) Wow. Just uh... it's just it, it really is. When that happened, we thought, all right. You've carved someone out and made that person the bad guy when clearly they work for you. At bad gal, I guess. And you've singled them out as the person responsible in that case for the wrongdoing. Was that manager following your directive or following your uh, company policy? It's when when a company does that and then there's the retaliation in a very public way. Now, I don't remember the, you know, the image or the the name getting out there of the manager, but it doesn't matter. It's going to get out there when that person is looking for a job or trying Mm -hmm. to rent uh, a home to live in. And you've accused them of this kind of behavior. It was only a matter of time before there was going to be a lawsuit. I'm surprised everything took this long, frankly. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I laughed when I saw it yesterday. Yeah. The first reaction I saw the headline just burst out laughing, especially after the discussions we've had on Starbucks yeah. this week. It yeah. was just like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, the other thing. Uh, and and I'm sure we'll talk you know more about the the Trump charges and everything else. Some interesting articles yesterday. Uh, Turley writing about the fact of the Espionage Act, saying mm, he doesn't see how they can win. The, you know, not how they can win those, but he doesn't believe they should have charged. You know, Trump under the Espionage Act. That it doesn't Act. apply. Yeah, it, I that, think we've mentioned right. that. Yeah. Yes, that it doesn't apply, and and we we would agree. You know, uh, uh, you know, with that. But everything that we talk about, because one of some of the emails I got yesterday is, well, how do you know this is real? How do you know this is? Well, you don't. 
what we have stated is if the allegations are true, mm-hmm. they have to provide that evidence in court. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a duh. We yeah, know, the burden we, of proof is right. on the prosecution. Right, the burden of proof is there. There are always the questions uh, about, uh, I got one that said, well, h- how do they know that Trump was waving around something that was really a top secret document? Mm-hmm. They will have to prove it we've, somehow. We've brought, without, we brought that up. Right, without sh- yeah, without showing the document, they will have to prove uh you know that under oath with uh mm-hmm. i you know i don't know somebody from the pentagon who would say yes sir that is a classified document and mm-hmm. you know and it was and it was and it was uh produced here and done it without getting actually into the document you mm-hmm. know they can you know they will do that but that's a given mm-hmm. uh that everything is an allegation yeah until you prove it and the you have a there's a presumption of innocence until you are proven guilty and it really is interesting watching all the different legal discussions uh here uh, uh on it but still as the has been pointed out all you need is one charge of the 37 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know that's the one thing that's the thing 37 charges can they get one that could put him in jail for 5 years yeah uh, or uh, the other and the other side of it is all you need is one juror, mm-hmm. you know, for the Trump side of it. All you need is one. And juror. And if you get that sympathetic juror uh, that in their mind believes this isn't uh, a setup like the Russian hoax was a setup and everything else, it will be hard to convince them to vote guilty on any of the 37. That's mm-hmm. what you're looking to do. You're a truly sympathetic juror is what they what they hope to get. Which is why they're fighting it. And I would fight it. And we'll see, you know, where it goes from here, what their what his new law team wants to do. You know, um, if he ends up getting a new law team, I don't know where that's going to go. That'll be interesting to watch. And, and I suspect and, he will, and I suspect they'll come in uh, on a number of fronts. You know, um, you want to... You want to start with the day they went into Mar-a-Lago. You know, um, the procedure there, I, There's, I don't know that there's anybody trying to make the case that his rights were violated, but he wasn't home. His attorneys were notified. Uh, you know, is there something they could, it, can they punch a hole in any of that? And then, as, yeah, and as we stated uh, uh, yesterday, I got into a discussion with some of my uh, friends uh, today it was because of the group text and mm-hmm. so they they come to me mm-hmm. so what is this how come the how come the lawyers were forced to testify what happened to uh you know what happened to uh, uh attorney client privilege mm-hmm. and it, as we said yesterday on the show normally what you see is if the attorneys are part of the conspiracy you know you're a co-conspirator you're a lawyer who is crooked well, at that point, attorney-client privilege goes away. It's not to that level. I believe what they argued and what they will argue is that Trump used them as uh, not as lawyers, but as a conduit to promote the false information. He used them to commit the obstruction of justice by stating you know, now they thought it was the truth. 
but since they were used outside of the traditional client, you know, lawyer-client relationship to promote something that would be false, that that's why the law- they got the lawyers to testify. Now, the argument against that would be, well, that would mean that any client that tells his lawyer, I didn't commit the murder, and he did commit the murder, and they go out and promote the fact that they didn't commit the murder, is somehow guilty as, uh, of obstruction of justice, or the attorney-client privilege goes away. Yeah, that, because that, that a lying right. criminal would be the end of attorney-client client privilege, privilege is yeah. absurd. Right. And so, and that's... You know that's why that could be, that's why that could be, uh, uh, you know, thrown out. Mm-hmm. You know the I, I've I've always thought, and I haven't changed my mind. And you know, as you see different legal analysis, I still think the biggest problem for him is the tape, and if his uh, former uh, valet, who is the aide, who is mm-hmm. charged with being the co-conspirator. Uh, flips mm-hmm. and testifies against him. That, to me, would be the biggest legal hurdle that 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 the Trump uh, faces. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I was reading. So it's interesting reading all the different legal analysis on this because, and and I the, the the thing is, the problem with coming to a definitive conclusion is the fact that this isn't. I stole the car. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I've talked about it. You know, even though the prosecution has not used the Presidential Records Act, I believe the defense will. Yeah, you know, because you know they didn't. You, you know, they're using basically this is the these are def, these are you know uh, defense intelligence um, uh, uh, classified documents, not created and not personal to the president. But the Presidential yeah. Records Act is about it is not about criminalizing anything. It's about the negotiation. It's about the of, preservation of, of the documents right. and the negotiation of which, yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, again, I think they're going to argue that. There's there's probably, I don't know, 20, 25 things to argue, mm-hmm. depending if you can win. Yeah. If you can win, for example, you know, where does it go? Because we don't know. We don't know. We still don't know. This is something that was also brought up that this may not be all the evidence that they have against Trump. Mm-hmm. They just use the evidence to get it to this particular point that they needed. Mm-hmm. Now discovery goes on for the next year. Yeah. And the investigation also continues. So you can't necessarily base it on the information that we have today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because we don't know how the defense you know, will argue it, they may have totally legitimate points that we don't know of based on what will happen in discovery down the road. Yeah, right. And so since you're in a you're in a case here, stealing a car, the precedent has been set on that a, a million times. Mm-hmm. The Presidential Records Act and specifically how it applies to a the the transition of a, a of of a president whether whether the prosecution, you know, because they don't mention it at all, doesn't mean the defense can't bring it up and say, well, wait a minute, the presidential acts protects us here. And right. in the spirit of the right. presidential, uh, you know, the the, the, the presidential uh, records act, he was just negotiating. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, well, fine, you're negotiating, but once you once you knowingly said and sent your lawyers to tell a lie, uh, you know, to us at that particular point that you had given back all the documents, that's where the obstruction, you know, that's where the obstruction begins. Right. But right. then again, you look at it, you say, yeah, but isn't the wouldn't the obstruction of that be a civil case, not a criminal case? Because it's an ex-president, which isn't a normal person well, this who has the, classified information. This is also what sets a case like this apart. Um, the mistake could be in the approach of the prosecution of this is that even they themselves, the prosecutors here, fail to remember that you're not prosecuting just a normal person in a normal circumstance. It's not like some person that had no business having those documents broke into a building and stole those documents. It's you're dealing with an ex president. And so the rights of the individual change drastically. And, and also whether or not the espionage act applies here. I mean, cause if they can come in, the legal team can come in and say, look, this charge doesn't apply. And you, over and over again, you demonstrate that if they don't dismiss it, which I suspect they won't, uh, beforehand you demonstrate that during the trial and try and demonstrate exactly what a lot of legal experts have said, the Espionage Act doesn't apply here. Then you get back to, was this just a negotiation that went wrong? 86690 Red Eye. Every driver knows the cost of replacing tires is a major expense. What if you could save on tire costs without sacrificing performance or safety? Consider retreads, a sustainable, cost-effective way to rack up your miles. Retreads have a reputation for causing that rubber debris or gaiters found on the sides of the highway. However, studies show that 68% of the tire debris collected on the highway comes from new tires, not retreads. The reality is that retreads will wear at the same rate as new tires if you don't properly maintain them. Retreads are still a major investment and require engaged maintenance practices. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Hey, it's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. I just happened to hear this was going through some audio here and found this uh, from uh, uh, Fox News uh, audio yesterday with uh, Dershowitz. And uh, I just just listened to this, you know, during the break. And, and here's what he had to say about what he sees of the case. And I said that I thought the strongest case would be an obstruction of justice case in Florida, that that's what they were looking for, a process crime in Florida. And I was right. And I you know, went through all the evidence uh, in the case. Look, it's the strongest case because of Trump's own statements. He said things to lawyers he shouldn't have said. And he said things to a writer that uh, he had taped. It was his staff who taped them in which he waves a paper and says, uh, uh, I could have declassified this, but I didn't. Now, we don't know what he waved because the paper is not in evidence. And maybe he was just bluffing and waving a piece of paper in order to make his point. 
But that is the strongest piece of evidence against them. That there you go. What you know? What we have? What we have stated now? Again, you know, when when people have classified information, if they have it illegally, uh, you know, there there is a process in court without showing the document where people will swear that that was a you know that was a classified document at that point. Mm. But again, that was one of the, I got a couple of emails on that one. How do we know? Well, they have to prove that in court. Everything is an allegation. Right. The fourth branch of government. Eric Carley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. I want to uh, just play a little bit more of the audio of... Uh, of Dershowitz uh, on um, uh, Fox News uh, yesterday, uh, talking about uh, the uh, the legal situation uh, with the Trump the charges against uh, Donald Trump, and he talks more about the whole point of what he would what he would call for to start the trial, and this is really interesting. Here we go. He was aware that the evidence was not uh, declassified. Now his position. He has two positions. Number one, he declassified everything. And number two, the Presidential Record Act, which obviously follows the Espionage Act. By the way, nobody in court should be allowed to mention the word espionage. The act should not even be referenced by its name because espionage has nothing to do with this case. Nobody suggests that he turned anything over to Putin or turned anything over to Iran. There's no espionage involved in this case. There you go. And that was when I when I heard that. That's really interesting because one of the things, as you know, when the whole Russia collusion was that Trump committed treason, right? And people think they hear espionage, they hear treason. It's the same thing, and and uh, and and so uh, when you compare, because the because a lot of people want to compare the two cases, and let's do it just for the sake of discussion. Why not? And the two cases are this one and the situation with Biden right now, where where Biden finds himself. Bribery is an easy thing to figure out. It's been done many times before. Mm. This is the Trump thing, first time in history that these charges are being uh, thrown out. There really isn't precedent behind it. We're not really sure because we've never really got into the courts ruling the Presidential Records Act and how that would apply if used as a defense. We also don't know. We don't know what other evidence the prosecution might have. And we don't know what the defense that uh, that uh, that Trump would uh, would uh, would use. So that's going through the discovery uh, uh, process. The Biden case is, to me, a completely different case than this because everyone knows, for example, well, number one with Trump, you don't know what was what was the reason that he took them. I read one article yesterday because everybody's trying to figure out well, why did Trump do it? I mean, everybody is saying why. Would he do this? Why would this be the hill that he wished to die on? You know, because it doesn't make any sense. And I was reading one blog saying, well, you know, they say it's about my boxes. It was simply they were my boxes. They're mine. And it's that everybody's trying to, you know, overthink it. And so it's from, you know, that simple to, you know, people on the left saying, well, you know, he probably wanted to sell it. And, you know, these uh, (laughs) things eventually or or use it for blackmail or whatever. But there's yeah. but there's no evidence of that whatsoever. None. Mm-hmm. So there's no evidence that there was any bad purpose for him doing it. 
uh, some greater crime, some greater crime for for doing it. When we I'm going to mention a couple of cases. When we look at the Hillary Clinton case, for example, in using the Espionage Act, as we know in that case, what separates that from this case, and again, I don't know, that never went to trial. I don't know how that would have come out, but it was Comey who explained the part of the Espionage Act that she broke. Right. But And, and that was the fact of putting the server in her house to be outside the secure system was just incredible premeditation. It's more than just being reckless. There was premeditation to break the Freedom of Information Act law. And Comey was the one who said bad actors, they believe, got into her computer. And it's it's a different situation, too. And again, it's hard to know because it was never argued. But right. it is not a finite set of data or documents. The documents that were at Mar-a-Lago were in boxes, and you could say that with when she was at when she was Secretary of State, in that position, actively in that position, there was information that was flowing in real time through that server she set up. Yes, which makes it especially dangerous. Does that change the crime or the level of the crime? No, but it goes to establish the nature. And and the danger of setting up that that server in her home. Right. But you were trying to break the you broke the law in order to try to break the law. Right. The, and and so when you so when you look at how that would have come out in court, I don't know. Right. right. But on the on the Biden thing, the difference, the public already believes. Now, again, I saw the poll out there. Americans are concerned about top secrets in the president. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? But. The there is with Biden, as we know, uh, and and this is why nobody is defending him is because when you talk about influence peddling, Americans hate that. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that Biden is there isn't a Democrat listening right now that doesn't know that Biden lied about not being involved in his in his uh, you know or not knowing anything about his son's businesses mm-hmm. every every democrat listening right now knows the most loyal biden supporter knows that was a lie from biden because it's an obvious lie because the evidence exists out there with the the uh, his the emails the the uh, the, the the phone call yeah and yeah. and so when you when you look at this now and the the allegations for example this most serious allegations are not coming from republicans or Republican attorneys, right, or Republican attorney generals in the Biden case, it's coming directly from the FBI Mm -hmm. that and and it's being not even slow walked. They're attempting to hide it and lying about it. Yeah. You know, Ray lied to uh, to uh, uh, Grassley uh, and and, uh, you know, Grassley said he and they said he didn't didn't exist. And the FBI's never come back out ever, even when the deputy attorney guy <laughs> testified the other day he didn't come out and say well that's wrong he never he never told you that it didn't exist right and right. Right. they didn't say that no and and so you look at it, it's like whoa so you see that that's even a bigger picture of the institution of the fbi which already half the country really more than half the country is they know democrats know that the fbi has been weaponized against conservatives they know they know that the IRS was with Lois Lerner. They know 
they like it that way. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. you you might be for it, right? Then, but you still know it exists. It's going on, right? So, you know, that's the and then you have you know Biden. You know, yesterday again on the you know the bribe thing was asked a question. Turn around, just smiles like smirking, like yeah, I'm going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no big deal. Yeah, it's no big deal. I, you know, I, you know, I, and that's that's the impression that you get. You know, out of the response from uh, from from uh, from Biden, but in the particular case, the evidence that exists, like I said, everything's an allegation. You know, for from a a uh, you know administration uh, that has tried to do everything and a party that's tried to do everything to set up Trump, yeah. and that's one of right. the things I was reading an article yesterday saying, well, the left's going, well, we got him, we got him, we got him. It's something solid, something solid, and they're furious. That a lot of Americans won't go along with it, and they go, "Well, that's what happens when you cry wolf mm-hmm. and you make up stuff, and your party tries to set somebody up. You're going to have people not believe it, no matter what. That's just human nature. That's going to happen with Biden. The allegations are actually you think about it from the very, very beginning. Every, these were not allegations that came from Republicans, and the media and the Democrats uh, have been trying to hide it." Because the Biden laptop, that was the evidence. Right. The Hunter Biden laptop. Right. That's where the evidence came from. Then who came out? Bobulinski came out. Who mm-hmm. was Bobulinski? He worked with Hunter Biden mm-hmm. and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So it's not, these aren't Republican Congress people or Republican attorney generals coming out in a partisan way to go after Biden. This is the, these are the allegations. From the FBI. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to pull it, pull teeth to get it. But the fact is, none Maybe of this a root canal, a root canal, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> pulling teeth, exactly. Don't get anything out like of this guy's like pulling well, teeth. Oh, well, you do have to. Well, you you got to take off that top half to get into that root. Yeah. Oh man, I hope I never have a root canal again. <laughs> Can I get through my life without having a root canal? Probably uh, not. Uh, again, uh, I know. No. Uh, I know. I know. Um, uh, but, uh, and, and so that's the difference. All the allegations, you think about it, all the allegations that are coming out, the evidence that is being provided is coming from Hunter Biden. Yeah. It's coming from the FBI. Mm-hmm. None of it was originated when they said, well, the Republicans are throwing these allegations. No, they're, their allegations are coming directly from Hunter Biden. Yeah. Their allegations are coming directly from the FBI. And and it's coming up the FBI that is under the authority of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Though that's what's different about this, and the public knows it. And that's why I saw the latest only thirty seven percent want Biden to run again. But they're scared to death about, you know, the uh the uh the uh, uh in, entire uh, you know bribe possibility and it's only going in one direction once it never it never moves in another direction right since uh well we're going on three years in october once evidence services it's not going to be I, I mean it's over if there is evidence of a bribe it's over and the problem is is the fallout that is going to rain down on those in the democratic party who are aware of it and didn't pursue it didn't try and step in front of it. This has been out there for years. They know it. And 
I think that's what they fear the most, is this isn't going to just affect Biden. It affects everybody that was aware of it and did mm-hmm. nothing and said nothing. And, and one thing I know in, uh, in, in politics is you've had a number of defenders of, of, of Trump uh, over the years, and the biggest defenders of Trump legally have been Democrats. No, I'd say that's accurate. Has had the and, greatest, and, 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 the greatest and, ones with the, with the most, especially with the greatest foundation legally. If you look at it, it's Turley Dershowitz. It's yep. all of these individuals who look at these cases against Trump and say, "They're you know they spell out exactly legally what's wrong." They're not using hyperbole, and and so plus Trump still has a ton of support from people based on the fact of everything that has happened that was bogus up to this point. Yeah, you don't see except for Jamie Raskin that was caught in an immediate lie. No one, I don't know any Democrat. They're completely. Cruz said it yesterday. Democrats. When the FBI is there, they won't even ask a question on it. Yeah, they right, don't want right. to touch it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that you look at right there. I mean, there's still doubt. Like I said, in all the charges, you know, with Trump, there's still doubt about whether you can get there. It's a quite complicated case where there's probably not a lot of legal precedent on it. None, really. Right. There's really no legal precedent on it. Where on bribery, yeah. And the fact is, the American public knows there's no reason that the Biden family made tens of millions of dollars right. from foreign entities, right? except for influence peddling. There is right. no other reason. They're not right. in any other business. Yeah, there is no Every, business. Right. Every Democrat knows that right now. That's the problem that uh, that Biden has, and it's not going away. No. It's not going away, and the Republicans haven't even started to pound on it yet. Oh, i got to find that ad that I saw. Somebody put on an ad yesterday. Mm. It was actually a good ad. Mm. I don't know how much play it's getting, but i got to, oh, where did I see it? I might have saved it. I had to save it. Okay. I had a busy day yesterday trying to get the lawn cut, in, you know, <laughs> hoping it wasn't going to rain. And then it didn't rain at all. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. But I got a, I got everything I need to get done. By the way, was it not a humid day yesterday? No, it is set in you, oh. with all this oh. water that's just been in the oh. ground. It's now seeping out. And it has been so humid over the last few days. It, it was one yeah. of the most uncomfortable days I've ever had yeah. working outside. It yeah. Was just, I was like... Now, this is this is the damn impressive humidity. <laughs> I don't mind it uh, because when we get into the dry part of the year, it's and the humidity goes down. It's like you can't you water your lawn, and yeah. it's it's drying up before it even gets to the soil. <laughs> I know. It's like yeah, uh, I don't mind it. You just have to be careful when you're outside. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. 
And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, yeah, the the uh, spot that I saw, actually, I didn't even go to the end of it. I didn't even know that it was a DeSantis ad. It was actually hmm. Never Back Down Pack. I'd seen it yesterday. I just hmm. found it again. But I'll play it coming up. We'll play it uh, coming up following the top of the hour. But uh, it just it talks about the Biden crime family. And I expect that the Republicans amaze that really it's the DeSantis Pack that is the first to run it. You would think that this is something that the RNC would be pounding. And, you would think, and they 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 don't. But as you and I said yesterday, I mean the whole thing with Adam Schiff. Yeah, they can't even get that. They right. can't get that done. They can't even. You get had that. a chance to go after Adam Schiff, and I know it's just censuring, but still, yep. you could do it officially, and you couldn't get that done. Wow, GOP, everybody. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Now, this is interesting because it's something that we've always talked about today. Well, not today that we've talked about in the past and that is the fact that early polling really doesn't mean anything and this is scott rashmussen uh said wednesday that the average american is not as focused on politics or the upcoming 2024 presidential race as many in politics think 
people in the political world, excuse me, people in the political world think everybody is already obsessed about the next presidential election because they are. He said when he was on John Solomon's Just the News, hmm. uh, most Americans are not thinking about it. They're not engaged in the way we would expect them to be. During uh, uh, a Georgia GOP convention last week, former President Trump said a speech that the indictment has only been helping his poll numbers. Rasmussen noted that early polling should not be taken seriously. I remind people that early presidential polls are almost meaningless. In 2015, around this time, when President Trump was coming down the escalator, Jeb Bush was leading in the primary polls on the Republican side. Yeah, no, we've. it's funny. I don't think we've talked about it this cycle yet, but I was thinking about that when I was on the road the other day. I thought, you know, so many things have changed over the years. In the year prior to the the election year, there have been polls that were, if you go back and look at them, uh, uh, a year, almost a year and a half out, year and five months out, then they change drastically. Then you have, I mean, I'd like to go back and look at the 2008 polls, where we were in June of 2007, and look and see where John McCain was, who ended up being the nominee for the GOP. Uh, I'd like to go back and look and see where Mitt Romney was in 2011. Remember, that was the first year that that Trump became more serious about running was 2011. Now, by the end of that year, he had announced he wasn't going to run. But he actually got the copyright on Make America Great Again the day after Election Day 2012. And I don't know if that shows regret or just shows intent. Hey, I'm going to run this. You know, I want to build up to this and I'm, I want to run in 2016. I, I don't know what what was in his mind at the time. But the polls often change. And I think in 2008, you look at it and then you look at the shape, how the, 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 the primary season for the GOP started to shape up. And then all of a sudden, John McCain's your nominee. We can go back to the same thing with uh, 2012. And, and the conversation we had with Andrew Breitbart uh, just weeks before he passed about and the question, why why should conservatives support a Mitt Romney? Now, at that point, it was shaping up. Mitt Romney was doing well in the polls at that point. But I'd love to go back to the year prior, to the June prior, in all these years where, you know, you had a, a, a Mitt Romney rise to the top. Where was he in the polls? A John McCain. Um, but <laughs> Jeb Bush. I mean, it's it's wild to think about that and how it changed. And the energy changed drastically for a number of reasons, but it always does. That doesn't mean that the polls are necessarily going to change uh, in that way that, that Trump is no longer on the top by January of uh, 24. Well, I don't know yeah. if that's going to be the case or not. It depends, I guess, on how his legal cases go and and frankly, how he runs his campaign. And that sounds like a Captain Obvious statement, but that's how it works. And remember, when we had we had talked to Breitbart, it would have been February of 2012. Yep. So you yep. were into the 
you were well into way more into the election in the primary season right. than uh, we are now. And so, right. right. Uh, but it says these only these early polls are reflecting what's going on right now. Uh, they're not necessarily reflective of what will happen when we get near voting. Yeah, and that's why I was bringing up. You know, we talked when we talked to Andrew Breitbart. You know, it was already shaping up. I mean, he wasn't the presumptive nominee because it, that's officially not how it works. But go back to uh, that's why I'm curious. Go back to June of 2011 and see where the polls were for the GOP. I'd love to see that because by February of 2012. It was shaping up to be Romney. But I'd love to go back and see. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't have, have anything in front of me. But I would love to take a look at that. And and well, you, you you look at it and yeah. see. I mean, the mayor of Miami, with all due respect, is not going to be the nominee. And neither is Chris Christie. I saw the mayor of Miami. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I, I remember, too. Remember when... It was, was it 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was before we even got to 2016. Or was it 2016? I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. When you had the media's narrative was a Republican may never win the presidency again. Mm-hmm. And that was based on demographics. Well, it, it, and, and that didn't end up being true as we have now seen, you know, how the parties have reversed when you think about when you talk about politics eric one i think one of the most amazing things is and this is where you wonder where the democratic party is going that the democratic party is slowly losing minorities mm-hmm. slowly i mean it's well actually it was quite rapid when you see you know how quickly it moved with hispanics and slowly yeah. you see it it's slower but blacks are slowly moving away and it's almost common narrative now that exists that the Democrats are about the elites and yeah, yeah. fringe radical movements. Right. When you think about it, and, right. and that's where they stand right, you know, right now. And to me, that's really one of the biggest political stories of the last, you know, five or six years. And yeah, you right. have to say that politically it was Trump who started that movement. Yeah. That movement really started with uh with uh with trump now i do want to play this here because it's it's interesting because we're you know this is a the never back down org which is the desantis pack so this is actually a, this is a political ad for desantis i didn't know it in fact when i when i uh, saw it yesterday i only played the first 40 seconds i didn't even know it was a desantis ad it was mm-hmm. i knew it was like okay it's never back down i knew that was his pack i go they're just running a general one on on biden but this is attacking biden you think about that the media isn't covering it, but the public still knows. But think about this, whether it is DeSantis or Trump that would run an ad, or anybody else who ends up being in the lead. And this ad was running consistently about Biden when the majority of the American public now understand or believe that he's dirty. Mm-hmm. And remember, how far are we out from the election still? We're, we're way over a year out from the election and the majority of Americans believe he's dirty and nothing is going in his direction. And by the way, that poll was taken before the FBI document came out uh, about the bribe. I believe, I believe it came out before that, hmm. the, that latest poll, but here it is. Here's this uh, uh, DeSantis pack ad. 
Here we go. For years, the Biden crime family cashed in on Joe's influence and power, especially in Ukraine, where Hunter and Joe secretly received millions of dollars in bribes from the gas company Burisma. Biden and Hunter Biden were paid $10 million in bribes by Ukraine. And when a Ukrainian prosecutor tried to investigate Burisma's corruption, Biden bribed Ukraine's president to fire the prosecutor. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Got fired. When Trump tried to get to the bottom of it, Democrats impeached him, and the FBI hid Hunter's laptop, burying the damning evidence it contained. Now we know Biden is hoarding classified documents. Covered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas. And Biden's DOJ, they don't care. Is Biden hiding the evidence of his get-rich-quick scheme? You know there's not one single bit of evidence. The evidence is just mounting up every day. And the document that Miranda Devine found came from his father, then the vice president. And that he used that information to make piles of money for the Biden family while working at a fake job in Ukraine. Having access to classified information would make his price much higher. We need a president that will get to the bottom of it and end the weaponization of our justice system. Ron DeSantis will. I think there needs to be one standard of justice in this country. If Hunter were a Republican, he would have been in jail by now. Never. Now, the interesting thing is, and this is never backed on again, you know, and they talk about, you know, paid for and all that stuff right, from never back down. What's yeah. interesting is, you know, you and I talked about with will this election not be about number one, all the, you know, all the. Saying this, hmm. the kitchen table issues, uh, but will it be on on the the two tier justice system? The interesting thing is, it's DeSantis that's first out with the ad talking about the two tier justice system and how fair it's been to Trump. In fact, he mentions the impeachment. Yeah, right. That's really incredible when you think about it. Yeah, and and I when I and so that's why I watched the first forty seconds of it. I never got to the end of it. And I went, oh, okay, this must be, and I just wasn't thinking never back down was the DeSantis pack. Right. When I quickly, and like I said, I was doing work around the house and it, I came up on the phone and I went, okay, and I saved it. But but I listened to the first 40 seconds. I go, this is really an interesting, I thought it was a general pack ad because they talked about, they used this, you know, to impeach, you know, Trump got impeached because he got too close. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And then when I realized a little while ago when I played the entire thing, it's DeSantis talking about how Trump was a victim of the Bidens and there's a two-tier justice system. I'm like, oh, okay, well, then it's not just Trump who's going to use the two-tier justice system. DeSantis is going to use it, too. Yeah. I Or it, his pack is, because the pack is... Yeah, it, is, it, it would make sense that others on the on the right would do that, um, you, yeah, because in pointing to what's wrong with everything under Biden and on the left... You can't dismiss it. You you have to include it. Obviously, I think Trump gets the most leverage. Uh, certainly, donations wise, he <laughs> he got some leverage in raising two million dollars in uh, the hours after the arraignment. Seven million total. T- total seven million. Yep. And when you look in that, you know, very short period of time, just hours after the arraignment, you had donors stepping up in a big way. That's something that we said. You're going to have to watch that to see, is that still leveraging like it happened right after the raid on Mar-a-Lago and now it's happening, you know, right after the arraignment. 
that is that's going to there's no doubt it gives you leverage. Does it give you enough? I guess is the question. And, and long term, does it give you enough? And and they're counting on it. Um, but the others, you know, there there's the there's the difference too. If that gives gives more leverage to Trump, you can use it, but you also still have to go after Trump. Oh yeah, and the question is. Yeah. You've got to pick that timing, right? When you have rallies going on in the wake of, you know, the arraignment and stuff like that, you wait for that to quiet down because there's not going to be an arraignment every day. There's not going to be a happening in the case every day. So you wait for that to die down and then you, you know, punch up, as they say. And we'll see, you know, I think Chris Christie is, it's funny because what did he say the other day? As he was getting in, he was basically implying he's not there to be the attack dog. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I mean, you're going to have to attack. And most people are saying you want to be there only so you can attack. And, you know, uh, that's just going to work out that way. There's no other way that's going to go. It's interesting going back and I was looking at some of the 2011 polls as that was playing. And basically, you had Mitt Romney. And th- now, this was August of 2011. I'd love to see where we were in, in early to uh, mid-2011, May, June 2011. Um, but August 2011, you had Romney leading in many of the polls, but also Rick Santorum. Uh, when you look at getting to where we were in February of 2012, we mentioned our conversation with Andrew Breitbart at that point, because it was shaping up that Mitt Romney quite possibly was going to be the nominee. And those are the things that, you know, again, um, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, you mentioned Rick Santorum today and people go, who? <laughs> you know? And <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like, was he a Democrat or Republican? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, because I'm laughing because it just shows you how fleeting the popularity or the even the name recognition in politics. Because yeah. I remember the yeah. calls we would yeah. get. People were passionate. Right. Republicans were passionate about Rick Santorum. That's what I love about what uh, uh, Scott Rasmussen was saying on John Solomon's Just the News. That's, you know, you have to remember things change. But really, you have to go back. If you're a wonk, I think you have to go back and look at the at the polls for the previous year. You know, it's one thing for us to say something in in February of, you know, back then, February 2011. Where were the polls in early 20 or, or uh, 2012? Where were the polls earlier in 2011? And remember, um, do they have. OK, they don't have Trump in those. Wait, um, let me go back to the 2011 polls and see if he's there. Because. He was considering getting in. He was not officially in. Uh, never was officially in. Um, but, you know, he was making speeches and and making noise. But he's he didn't rise in any of the polls at that point. But you look at uh, Mitt Romney, Rick Santorum, Rick Perry, look, Sarah Palin. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I just found this one from... This is from 2011. All right. Okay, this was July. 
of 2011. Mm -hmm. So almost where we are right now. Okay. The generic Republican candidate extends the lead over Obama 47 to 39. Well, it's you know it's crazy because <laughs> does that does, no does that make Rasmussen's point? No, because I think Obama so. didn't get stronger. Well, I think too. I mean, there were well, there were a number of things with with what was going on at the time that really were central to Mitt Romney and how they were campaigning against him. Remember, they demonized him for being rich, and then the ne- next cycle, a GOP who had more money won. Eight six six ninety red eye Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays, also the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. And just uh, so people don't think that uh, uh, Rasmussen is biased uh, in uh, against Trump, he's been a huge supporter of Trump, Scott Rasmussen. Yeah. When we so yeah. when he looks at the polls and say, "Look, what people think about the polls right now, they're not thinking about the election yet. It's about yeah. what's going on today. Right. It's it's not about it. And then he talks about it in the past. And that's why we brought up you know different polling numbers. Now Trump is the exception to the rule because nobody's ever existed in politics. Like Trump, there. I mean, everything has changed. <laughs> Seems like we say this every cycle, but uh, certainly, I think if you look at everything with the way that Trump ran in twenty sixteen, uh, you then the Russian hoax, uh, the all the dynamics of twenty twenty, all the dynamics of the Trump presidency. And the Joe Biden presidency, plus COVID, and you've got a, I don't know where this is going to go scenario. And and I mean, too, that I think that it's, it's hard to determine because it's not just that the vote, the voter is fickle because they can be. It's also about things that are pressing and also what you learn along the way. Now, that is not unique to any uh, election cycle. If you learn something about, you know, the candidate you're supporting or the candidate you're not supporting, it will change the dynamics of of any election. But what changes it right now, and it's it's exactly what you added to it going into the uh, bottom of the hour, and that is 
Trump has been president, but his his first term was no regular first term. There were so many things within that uh, that centered around him as president, but also then you move on to COVID at the beginning of uh, 2020. And, and I don't know. I have no idea where the voter will be. I don't know where Joe Biden will be. <laughs> a year from now, listening to pretty much every public speaking engagement he's done for the last wow, two or three months, there is not one without a what the hell was that moment. Not one. Now, they can leave it out of the news cycle. But the interwebs will bring it right yeah. to the surface. Well, let me pl- let me play a couple from this week. Mm. Yeah, because you you listen to this and you're just like, my God. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't know about it because the media won't cover this at all. Exactly. But but they know the big as we have found out, the media has tried to hide stuff, but they can't. That's why right, right. over half of America believes that Biden, you know, was uh, was doing illegal influence peddling. Right. Uh, but uh, here is this this one's just you just shake your head. Here we go. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. Uh, there's this one where you just go, what the hell is he talking about? Here mm. we go. We've mobilized the world's leading emitters to help poor countries deal with the impacts of climate change. They called it the G7, the Build Back Biden, Build Back Better, and we realized that got confusing. So now we don't call it that. What we call it is, here's the bottom line. Look, we're the ones that caused the problem. The United States, we cleared all our land. We did all the things that to make, our, make things more easy for us to make money. What the hell is he talking about? What? Then there's the one that, you know, the, where he said Africa will soon have a billion people. They yep. reached a billion in 2009. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. I, it's, I, I, it just, and, it, and does anybody believe this is going to improve between now and the debates? No. No. Part of me wonders if the, if if Democrats are just hoping the evidence of a quid pro quo will come to the surface so they can move on. I do. I think there's the the discussion that I probably think in private discussions with Democrats right now, they wish that the Republicans would get more information quicker so they could dismiss Biden. Yeah. They they really want somebody. <laughs> the other day, I've always looked at at Newsom and said, "Man, he reminds me of Pat Riley of the you know when he was coaching the Lakers mm-hmm. back in the nineties, and and you know with the hair slicked back, mm-hmm. and someone said he looks like an evil, he's an evil, dark, handsome man." I'm like, I, okay, yeah. it's, like, it's like an evil, dark, handsome man. And yeah, like okay, I, all right. I, I just I went I went with Pat Riley. <laughs> I went with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, you did at, go. At yes, the, you did. At the end at, of Limitless. Lim- limitless, yeah. yes, yeah. at the yeah. end. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, But 
the the story uh, that that came out, and where was that story? I think it was National Review. It basically saying, "Look, his ideas fall flat." I'm paraphrasing. He's not that smart. He thinks he's smart, but we we phrased it a different way. You go outside the blue bubble of California. And he's never had to prove himself. Remember, he started in the city of San Francisco. So the bar wasn't that high. Just be the rock star. But for the far left, that's not enough. There's the problem. Is that whoever it's going to be going forward for the uh, Democratic Party, they're going to have to show that they're fully on board for the radical agenda. And they're going to have to campaign that way. With Biden, you just put it in front of him on the prompter. Now, he looks like a moron, but there's really not much you can do to help that. Put sunglasses on him. Maybe that'll help. But that's it. I mean, he's going to have to talk openly and promote. And he is radical, but it gets more radical every minute. And you're not doing enough to do this. You're not focusing enough on this. You know, many on the left believe, well, he's the guy to sell the radical agenda. The problem is they can't sell it. Biden can't sell it. Others like Terry McAuliffe couldn't sell it. It's the more you're going to push that radical agenda. I don't care how sophisticated the person might be or you might think they are. No, the agenda falls short. You're going to get pushback. And that's something I think they haven't factored in yet. I think you're talking about this was a Jeffrey uh, Blahar's column. I just mm. I just looked it up. Mm. Gavin Newsom desperately wants to be called on by the teacher. <laughs> yeah, there, and there was something else. There was another headline that was different than that, but that may have been. Well, there was the other one that was written in, in uh, the other one was written in March. Uh, Gavin Newsom's real consti- uh, 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 constituents. The most terrible thing you could say about Gavin Newsom is he's not really intelligent enough to be the cause of California's troubles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's kind of the you know the idea. Uh, you 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 want the rock star up there that sounds intelligent, right? Right, because they're the rock star. Uh, they don't come off as Biden. You know they're not they're not going to fall short. But you still have to have a discussion with them. And this is, look, uh, it happened in 2007, 2008 with Barack Obama. Uh, That was, in fact, something that started with a speech he gave in 2004 at the DNC. You know, at that moment, it was like, okay, uh, watch out for this guy. He's going to be the guy. And sure enough, there was the rise. And then by the time he sat down with the... San Francisco Chronicle, the agenda was real, very clear if you were paying attention. Under my plan of cap and trade, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. And here you have it. You know, it's already play, it's played out. He said along the way, too, as president, I don't need Congress to get things done. I can do things with executive orders. And, you know, those are the things that, again... We watch, but those aren't our candidates. 
and the left has changed. They want even more radical than Barack Obama. At the end of the uh, second term for Barack Obama, at the end of his presidency, you had many Democrats, activists especially, saying he didn't do anything for us. He didn't get anything done. At the end of his first term, remember Chris Matthews saying he doesn't like the gig. He doesn't like doing the work. He doesn't like the the job at hand of being president. He likes the idea of being president. He likes being the rock star. He doesn't like the work, the job, the gig. And there was even they were even talking as if he wasn't going to run for reelection the following year. And, you know, those are the things <laughs> I have to believe that Newsom wants to run only so we can get away from the problems he's created in California and situations that he helped create, like get, having to uh, get away from the idea of answering the question about reparations. You know, all these things where the circular firing squad is in full play, you think you're being the hero and they're coming after you for not doing enough. Well, I, I think what's, you know, when, when you uh, when you look at it, because I'm just reading here, because this is uh, the uh, on Newsom. It's downright charming how eagerly he's waiting to swoop in uh, from the wings to save the Democratic Party and also the world from Kamala Harris. Mm. In case you had missed it, just as the American public was asking itself nothing at all about Gavin Newsom or his opinions on matters of great national import, he strolled forward to loudly propose a 28th Amendment to the Constitution. Don't even bother clicking. It's just more fodder on gun control. Why did he do it? Well, because he just wanted you to keep him in your thoughts. Please. Even better, yesterday he dropped into Fox News to challenge Ron DeSantis to a live debate on Fox moderated by Sean Hannity. Why Ron DeSantis was running a presidential campaign that Gavin Newsom purportedly is not. Your guess is as good as mine. Why Fox News? Why Hannity? I don't know. Why debate Gavin Newsom of all people? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that question, uh, that question, that one, I know the answer to, at least from Gavin Newsom's perspectives, Newsom's primary weakness, aside from his forever resembling the corrupt uh, OCP executive from RoboCop, is his visible <laughs> hunger for a job he has no right to be asking for yeah, yeah. by the normal rules of the game. And he just goes yeah. on and on and on and on. And yeah, on and, and, on. It, and it was the article by Jeffrey Blair. and But the tweet was something that I noticed. The tweet was something different, a little different than the article as it's laying out the premise for the article. Uh, here's the tweet as they posted this the other day. If a Newsom presidential candidacy happens, it will be more amusing than anything California's entertainment industry has intentionally generated in years. But that's no, but you, you that's know, uh, because of the agenda and also because yeah. he's been a part of that blue bubble. I think it's expanding yeah. on what we have said. Well, you and I have talked about that a lot, that he lives in this blue bubble, so he thinks he gets all this approval from California. Yeah, right. He doesn't even look and realize that so many states look at California and say, that's exactly what we don't want to be. Right, right, exactly. Um, look at, uh, you know, the um, the situation for a number of Democrats when they step outside of their house and decide they're going to run. I think they want him to run. But uh, what's his name? The former governor of uh, or former uh, mayor of New York City. When he decided to jump in, they were like, no, 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 no. We want you as mayor of New York City. Bloomberg? Uh, No, 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 no. No, after Bloomberg. Um, But they were saying, you know, basically it's we want you in that role. We don't want you in this role. 
I don't think that's the case with Newsom. But I think the eyes will change. The liberal media is not going to change. Uh, the, the, the left isn't going to change. But the far left is going to call on him to be much, much more radical. And that's going to be what changes in terms of uh, uh, the, the left weighing in along the way. If, if we're going to have you sell the agenda, you're going to have to run on the agenda, the radical agenda. That's what has to be uh, top of mind every step of the way. De Blasio. De Blasio, yeah. yes. And it was like, remember when he announced they were going, whoa, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. We don't want you. <laughs> 866 90 red Lines open for your calls. 866 866- Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are. Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts. Our staff of correspondents provide a fast paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. 90 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Aaron Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Republicans look at Social Security and the radical transgender movement. Where is it heading? Mm. In every single headline you see, I mean, even the White House, what a debacle that is. Yeah. The White House severely being criticized yep. by us and, uh, and others. Oh, we're shocked. By what went on? Yeah. No, you're not. No, that's no. that's what the that's what the LGBTQ has become since it now has been co-opted by the radical transgender activist movement. Yep. This is normal for them. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app, and listen when and where you choose. All right. Answer this as a lawyer. I will answer it to the best of my lawyering ability. This is is a lawyer question. (laughs) Okay. If you're Donald Trump's lawyer... Do you tell him that it's okay to be part of a debate? I'm sorry, we're not taking questions right now. 
<laughs> what are you testify? Are you a Democrat testifying before the House Judiciary what, Committee? What are you, a cop? <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so man, I love you, that. You bring, what are you, you bring a cop? up. <laughs> you're doing the you're doing the pharmacist on two and a half men. I Russell, love, I Russell. love Martin Mull. Uh, he was great. What are you, uh, a cop? Yeah. What are you a cop? Isn't that marijuana you're giving me? What are you a cop? What are you a cop? Um, I, I like I like how, I like how he would chug on the cough medicine. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, very quickly, I uh-huh. there was some uh, I saw it was somebody wrote an editorial, you know, criticizing. You know, Seinfeld, you know, these characters are all, yeah. you know, basically this and then. It, it's yeah. like, what, you're an idiot. Lighten up. Com, com, it, comedy is about majorly flawed people. Much of comedy is about majorly flawed people. Right. You know, uh, all in the family, Carol O'Connor. Yes. <laughs> you know, you, you laugh. You Blazing t- Saddles. Blazing Saddles, right. These are all completely and totally flawed characters. Yes. It's a part of comedy. We understand you're not advocating it. Right by doing it by doing a comedy right. uh, on it, you're not agreeing with the character or right. what they said right. or their behavior. So you're laughing at it, right? So when and so gosh, it's like somebody's going to complain. Well, that's <sighs> a yeah, that's a that's a bad example that uh, Martin Mull said as that pharmacist on Two and a Half Men by basically chugging cough medicine. It's well, he, because he wasn't. If, wasn't advocating that if they you, do it. It's a comedy. If you brought in Martin Mull to play just a straight pharmacist, I would have complained. <laughs> I would have hey. been offended. Hey, I'm still upset when he was in the movie FM. Yeah. You ever seen the movie FM going way, way back to the yeah. 70s? Yeah. And they were considered like this eclectic, non-commercial station. They were playing soft rock. Yeah, right. The only thing that I heard on that whole thing now that they did bring a young Tom Petty in. Yeah. But the right. only the only song that you could say was not just a soft because so much of it was, you know, it was like, "Oh man, we're bringing in Linda Ronstadt." As if she was some eclectic progressive Radical. artist. Yeah. And it's like, you know, "Oh, we're free form, we're this." You're <laughs> yeah. a soft rock station. Right. And you're the only, mainstream. The only thing that didn't match I, I remember I haven't seen that movie in years, but mm. I just remember it, my <laughs> criticism of it years ago. It's like the only thing that wasn't like soft rock all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. Is that green grass and high tides, the outlaws? What's that yeah. doing in the format? What's right, that? exactly. And then Alex Karras is a midday guy getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, dude, you don't fit in. Yeah, it's just right. Like that. Oh, that, that was great. That yeah. was great. Uh, and they take over the radio station in order to keep it soft rock. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you bring up quite the conundrum yes. Yes. for... The legal conundrum, because politically the debates have to go on and the interviews have to go on. The campaigning has to go on at the very least the, uh, you know, the whatever stops he's going to make, whatever rallies he's going to have, they have to go on. So, you know, if you're Trump's attorneys, you do your best to say, don't talk about the case. Impossible. But you've got to compartmentalize and try and anticipate what he might say about the case, which right. is also impossible. Well, but it's it's not just it's not uh, it's not for example the rallies. He could do rallies because they can write a speech and go, okay, this has been lawyer approved, and if he sticks to it, well, they're they're going to be okay. The problem is, you know, when he depending on who is going to be asking the questions, the questions that are asked to Trump. 
and then the back and forth between the candidates. Yeah. You know, Christie will, right. if, I guarantee Christie will come out and go, you're a crook. And get him in. You did this and you did that. And all of a sudden, Trump's in talking about the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt. If the, if there is a back and forth, if there's an right. interviewer or someone who is debating him, that's going to be especially dangerous. The reason I include rallies is because rallies also have been very off script for him. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of have to include that, although they don't present the same scenario of someone going after him and then him having to respond. Um Hmm. <laughs> well, hope for the best. I mean, there, there, because well, you can't anticipate anything, and you have to, uh, you can't anticipate precisely what he's going to say. Well, he can't, and, and you're also not his spokesperson in terms of have, having to respond. Oh. You're only having to respond to a judge, Christie, or any. <laughs> I, I say Christie because he's been the most aggressive so far. Yeah, yeah. But there's going to get to a point where he's where if he if he's there because his lawyers may say don't do it. Yeah. But if then if they say, you know, don't do it, then all the cans going to be pounding. Well, because he's got this, he won't he can't answer any of the questions, you know, concerning uh, the, the the criminal case. That's what the can the other candidates will say. And if he's up there and they ask him or challenge him on something and he re- keeps responding, I can't answer that because my lawyers have told me not to. You can't do that consistently in a debate over and over again maybe he can who knows i mean this is we're we're in new territory here yeah but the other thing is i thought about this ronna mcdaniel and her edict that that all the candidates must uh state publicly before they're allowed in the debate (sighs) that they will support whoever is the nominee well are they going to do an exception for trump okay uh i will support the nominee including trump if he isn't convicted (laughs) And, well, but if he is convicted, I won't support. I mean, what a mess she created by doing that. We said it the yep. moment it came out. That's thoughtless. Yep. What are you doing? Yep. I understand working behind the scenes saying, hey, we, we need everybody to be on board. You can't set that as a qualifier. Well, here's the thing. If you run a debate right, that should be a question. Go, look, we're not here to talk about who I might support. Ask me about where I stand on the issues. Right. Because that actually comes from the left. She's exactly. actually she's actually no, bending. It, she's bending exactly to the left because said. there's been so many reports. That's you know, they don't care about they don't want to talk about where Republicans stand on the issues. Right. They want to ask the questions that they know, you know, will will uh, will make the the candidates feel uncomfortable. And they know that will be one. Will you support the candidate even if it's Donald Trump? So it's not really to do with the issues. I care about the issues. I don't care. I personally don't care whether any of them support any. If they come on and go, well, I'd support him, but I wouldn't support him. That's fine. Let the public decide at that particular, uh, 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 you know, a point, you know, and, and so you can ask a question in a debate, but to require everyone to do it is just, is just dumb. You don't it's, need. You don't yeah, need to do it. You don't need to do it. It's horrible, and they're apparently not backing away from it. Um, <laughs> then you're going to say, "Okay, you, yeah, yeah, sure, I will." You answer it sarcastically. Yeah, sure, I will. Yeah, <laughs> right. You roll your eyes. Roll your eyes. Sure, exactly. sure. I mean, I will. yes. I can't be in this debate. Of course. Now you set down this rule that I must say this right. So here's my answer. You roll your eyes. Oh, of course I will support yeah. anyone, yeah. Uh, wh- whoever is the eventual Republican nominee. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because you can laugh because you've answered it correctly. Yeah. Well, sorry, sarcasm keeps you out of the next debate. 
You really right. want to get involved in that? This That would be as bad as the whole live PGA thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Back and forth. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> what a screwy world we live in right now. But it, it's, it is right out of the GOP playbook and shouldn't be in the playbook at all for them to come in and throw down their own uh, uh, police road spikes. <laughs> You're full steam ahead. The economy is horrible. Uh, Biden is horrible as a president. You throw out the spikes for your own party. But you know, the best thing is, and now here is a Republican debate. And there's all these podiums there. And yeah. Nobody's there. Right. And nobody has showed for the debate because no one. No one is going to commit. No one will commit to, to supporting whoever the eventual nominee right. is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I did wonder what if that were to happen. You know, I mean, what, what if it's only no disrespect but i mean what if it's ramaswamy and the mayor of miami they're the only two that would commit and the only reason i bring them up is because they're not polling very well and the likelihood of them being the candidate the nominee is very low uh, i i think ramaswamy wins that debate oh he's gonna win every debate if it's him and one other person <laughs> it's uh, it's a uh, it's a stupid move. There shouldn't be a qualifier, um, you know, so stupid. Well, we want you to come out and otherwise you can't be part of the debate. I mean, how far do you want to go? Take that, you know. Um, that's not the way it works. By the way, if we also need to know that you're going to endorse every GOP candidate running for every office in 2024. <laughs> no. And no. I can see the question. So you just you just throw it out to Trump. So you've said that you will support the candidate. Yes. So you will support any rhino who, who gets the nomination. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that. You want Trump to say, oh, yeah, I'll support. If Chris Christie is the nominee, he's going to get 100% of my support. Are you kidding me? It's not going to happen. Or vice versa. But yeah, you're right. Chris Christie, will you support Donald Trump as the nominee? Uh, yeah. <laughs> In true lapdog style. It's, you which, know, that's which, the problem. Which Christie are we getting? Yeah, lapdog, exactly. lapdog or 2016. 2016. Oh, the, yeah. What um, was he told me yesterday? What was it? Somebody was talking about him. Mm. Or was it about Christie being incredibly strong? And you said to me, this is off the air. And you said, wait a minute. This is lapdog. You know, after remember the stage yeah, thing where exactly. he was like sort of like his head down. And Trump was speaking, and right? Like, you know, yeah, it was, and and Trump was basically saying, "Go, go, get on, go, get back on the plane, get back on the plane, get back." Yeah. I mean, he, he looked okay. so incredibly wimpy at that yeah. point. It's it looked and, like baby Huey yes, walking away with right. her head down. They were someone was trying to make the the point that he, you know, that he had that that strength 
and and was consistent. I think actually Christie also made that point. You know, oh no 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 no, it was him making the point uh, that people have to call out Donald Trump. Oh, that was okay. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. You mm-hmm. had full support for Donald Trump in 2016. Oh, oh, no, no. It's that they should have called him out during that season and he wouldn't have become the nominee. That's what it was. And it was like, you were in full lapdog mode, man. You know, for whatever reason, you were there supporting him. You didn't do that. You didn't come out and say, I'm not going to support him. You were supporting him. You're against him now. That's different. But saying everyone in tw- all the GOP, the other people that were running, should have come out and said, "No, we we don't support him. We don't." They should have come out, I guess, in attack mode. Well, he wasn't in attack mode. That's not the way it works, and he knows it. I can't tell you how it's going to shape up next year for the GOP. I don't know, but. Setting a prerequisite by the party itself, uh, Ronald McDaniel, setting that up, you're setting up failure. You're making your own party look bad because you're going to start with that debate and have it be the focus of, well, which ones have signed on before you even get to a debate stage. Yeah. That's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid for that to be the focus of the entire media. Right. Well, this person may not be allowed in because of the, you know, everything should be issue related. That's I moronic. I disagree with you on the issue here. Right. I disagree with you right. on the issue there. Now, the the only thing is, uh, I, I would, if it was me, if I was Trump's lawyer, I'd tell him, absolutely not. You can't be in the debates. Unless something changes drastically with the, uh, especially with, the these last indictments no way no way as a lawyer no way yeah now as a politician mm-hmm. you're like yeah you sort of have to be there mm-hmm. if i'm a politician i'm his political guy i'm saying yeah you got to be there i'm talking about strictly as his, as his lawyer i would say absolutely not you can't be there and as you said you don't know what he because he goes off on tangents but yeah he's, he's his already, lawyer will give him that advice but, and that advice will probably fall short but he's already, I'm sure, got got advice from his lawyers saying, "Stop demonizing the prosecution." Well, no, I mean we already. But he's not going to stop. He's not going to yeah. stop that. Uh, I think we we already have seen that history of, and I think it's why his two lead lawyers aren't on board anymore. Uh, you've seen that again. He's going to lead the um, the tactic, whether it's political or legal, and that's going to be his strategy. Uh, and that's the way it's always been. He's going to lead. And so you can give him the advice. He probably won't follow it uh, because he's going to see it as, again, he can campaign on that. That's his leverage. But when you engage, it's going to get dangerous. 86690 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 8. So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thank you for being here on this Thursday show, right? <laughs> it is the Thursday show. <laughs> One just goes into the next show. Just, yeah. Just a continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I were having just a discussion 
as as uh, we we do during the the breaks and everything else. And this, I think, it was near the beginning of the show, and you just said, "Wow!" Just looking at all the news stories out there, how quickly the radical transgender activist movement is being attacked, and in in many cases, crumbling. Yeah, and, it's it, they really. It's mm-hmm. almost as if they're becoming a parody of themselves in many mm-hmm. ways. Uh, it is a very dangerous agenda. But the more exposure they get, the more light that shines on the agenda, the more it seems to be crumbling, the more pushback they seem to be getting. And you just look at the White House, you know, again, you had, and it was a, uh, it was a, a, a trans man. Yeah. Excuse me. It was a trans woman. Okay. Uh, that yeah. uh, that apparently had breast surgery and all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. who uh, you know uh, threw off the top and then was banned from the uh, banned from the White House from uh, from now on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was saying that uh, I I should be getting much more support and sponsors. There almost is this there's this entitlement now, mm-hmm. or they're promoting this entitlement of where are all my sponsors to promote the fact that I'm transgender? Right. It's like really. And, you know, I saw that one. I'm just shaking my head. But the White House's response, you know, the pride flag in the middle of the American flag, all of it is bad, bad publicity, bad imagery for the uh, the White House. Yeah. And they, they were just mocked on social media just fiercely, you know, saying, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? This is what the radical transgender movement is about. Yeah. You know, what, 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 do you, what do you think you're you don't even know what you're dealing with? Or or are you just upset because you're all for this, but then when you realize something happens and the public doesn't like it, then you try to back off. You try to ride that fine line. Yeah. Well, we're 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 for them. And the whole thing about the you know, talking about well, this is a family kind of thing. Uh-huh. Right. And then and then you had uh the reporter that asked Kareem Jean Pierre uh, about uh, about biological men playing uh, against biological women, and then she took off. You know, basically, you know, you're hurting. You know, the transgenders, the biological males that can't compete against the uh, the the females, and was quite terse. And she mm-hmm. got pounded. Yeah, uh, on it, saying, "What yeah. are you talking about?" And you just you see it becoming stronger now. The reporters there, in all likelihood, will not challenge her because I would have said. Well, excuse me. You're you're talking. What about the what about the misogyny against the biological women? What about marginalizing women? You're a woman up there. Why why do you believe that biological women should be marginalized by biological men? You need that they they you know it's it's the same thing that I said with Hannity the other day with uh, Newsom. You got to pound these people. They're, they're you're you know you can't approach it as a well, look, let's have a reasonable discussion. Mm-hmm. They're not reasonable. Right. Right. It's a whole thing that we talked about, the publisher of the Washington Post. Well, I'm going to quit, and I'm, I'm, I'm joining a group, and I'm going to head a group uh, to promote civility. How do you have civility with people that have insane position on issues? Where, where's, where's the civility? Because it's like, to have civility, you need compromise. Fine. Where's There is no civility from their side. Because you can't even ask them a question without being demonized as the worst person on the earth. So what, am I supposed to compromise by saying, oh, okay, I'm the uh, 100th worth worst person on the earth for questioning you. No. What you're talking about, you're full of it. You're BSing. You're lying. Well, they 
they approach it as if there's common ground. They approach yeah, it as if right. there is a middle ground and there hasn't been a middle ground with the radical left in years. It was an op-ed piece in Newsbusters that I saw the other day, which was pretty, I mean, I chuckled at it. It was like, well, here's a solution. Have a separate class for the transgenders, you know, to compete in sports. It's like, right. you don't get it. You don't get it. That's not, no. You, know, you don't no, no. get it. You don't get you're, it. You're totally trying to find a solution. <clears throat> They're not interested in a solution. solution. And and so uh, it's just, you know, just, and and then you, you know, we talked about the, you know, the whole pride thing and the two schools we brought up mm-hmm, yesterday in mm-hmm. California and Massachusetts where the students are starting to grumble. And it's like you can only brainwash. You may be able to brainwash a generation, but the generation coming afterwards observes that and says, we don't like that. That's part of the establishment. Your brainwashing is now part of the establishment. And you and I went back and said, look at the 50s and look at what happened when rock and roll came in. And that was more cultural. I want long hair. I want to be free. I don't want to be under the oppression of the 50s. Well, What was the oppression of the 50s? Really, you know, that they were talking about. It turned in as we got into the 60s. Some of it was racism. Some of it was the war. But a lot of it was just cultural. I don't want to look with like you. I want to listen to different music. I want to do those things which are natural for kids. And I don't want you to dictate, you know, what I'm about or, you know, uh, and, and you know, be judgmental in any way, which is, means the cultural, more, you know, moral norms at the time we're going to revolt against. Now, they've all ended up, you know, probably being a lot more conservative as they get into their older age. But when you see it, kids want to be free and kids will revolt. And they look at it and they go, okay, what was viewed as radical before eventually becomes establishment. And you become the enemy. And I see that now, especially when you attempt to brainwash kids uh, and a generation into lying about what they know is a lie. With adolescents, there's always been that separation with the older generation and and the reluctant the reluctance along the way to to not go along with anything that they're requiring that's always been well mom and dad are old fashioned i don't want to do that i want to do my own thing this is why indoctrination ultimately the more radical the agenda became indoctrination became harder with kids of that age. So they moved on to five-year-olds because in order for that indoctrination now to work on such radical issues, you just have to tell them that that's the truth from the beginning, that they can't change the truth that it is, you know, because if you're telling an adolescent something, they're instantly going to go, I'm sorry, what? As in they're not listening. And then you've got to repeat it and if there's anything off about that at all, you're not going to get them on board. So what do you do? You start from the beginning. Get them younger. And that's exactly where they are. Yep. And so this is where some of this back and forth goes on. Yesterday when uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra was talking, uh, well, was testifying in in uh, front of the, uh, the House yesterday. And this mm-hmm. is the back and forth between uh, Republican Representative Jim Banks and Becerra yesterday. Mr. Secretary, when you were the Attorney General in California, your state expanded its ban on 18 to 20-year-olds owning handguns, including rifles 
and shotguns as well. And I'm, I'm just curious, what do you think, why do you think that 18 to 20-year-olds can't be trusted with a firearm? Congressman, let me uh, try to take you back a little bit when I was Attorney General in California, uh, but, but first by saying for us here at HHS, Gun violence is a health care crisis in this country, and we have to do everything we can. I'm proud that my state has tried to undertake measures that would try to keep uh, individuals from using, especially assault weapons, for purposes that uh, never should be deployed in a civilian society. And so, But we, you, you supported these policy changes. I'm just curious, what, why, what was it about 18 to 20-year-olds that you focused on to take away their gun rights to own rifles or hunting, hunting uh, shotguns and other firearms. What was it about that age, 18 to 20-year-old? Now, before we go any further, I know where he's heading. You believe they're too yeah. immature. Right. And that immature to They do, can't make that decision. Right, they can't make the decision. Mm-hmm. And then it's going right into the, <laughs> just so you know, I think we all know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into the, quote, gender-affirming care policies. Mm-hmm. End of quote. Here we go. Yeah. We, we could go back to the legislative record. I was not the legislators, uh, a voter, uh, a, a legislator who voted for that legislation, but I was the AG who defended but our you didn't believe laws. you didn't believe that an 18-year-old should be allowed to own a hunting rifle. Is that, I mean, that, that's what you supported then? You still believe that today? My job as the attorney general was to defend the laws that the state of California has So enacted. you do think that an 18-year-old should be allowed to own a hunting rifle? Congressman, when you were the Attorney General, you have the ob- an obligation to support and defend the laws of your state. I happen to believe in many of those laws that help us not only protect Americans from gun violence, but all. Why can't he just say yes or no? Because he also knows the setup. Yeah, exactly. He knows exactly where this right. is going right. and the contradiction it's going to show. Right. Here we go. Also, keep weapons of destruction out of the hands of Americans when it's not necessary. Okay, interesting way to dodge the question. I mean, back then you clearly defended and supported uh, changes in the law to stop 18 to 20-year-olds from being able to own a firearm. And I, I just want to ask this question. Why, why do you think that children much, much younger than 18 year, years old, 9, 10, 11-year-olds are mature enough uh, to make a decision uh, to have a sex reassignment surgery? And because you support those policies, too. So can you defend that for the committee? Why do you believe that a 9, 10, or 11-year-old should be allowed to change their sex? So let me, let me be clear. My, my position, my views have not changed with regard to uh, gun violence and what we should do to try to control that uh, mass killing that's occurring. Uh, and so whatever my views were when I was attorney general on those issues I, are, are still probably the views that I have now. Uh, again, I'm not the Attorney General of California anymore. With regard to the health care of any uh, let, let me just be really clear. Then you believe that an 18-year-old shouldn't be allowed, allowed to own a hunting rifle. Today you believe that a 9, 10, or 11-year-old should be able to change their sex and have an irreversible surgery to do that. Just help us explain the, the logic. Yeah, Congressman, I would appreciate you if you let me characterize what I believe, and we can have a good conversation rather than you, you characterize what I believe. And what I would say to you is, with regard to gun violence, I think it is important that we take actions to protect our, our communities and our neighborhoods. With regard, I don't to the think issue- you want to explain it because you realize how crazy it is, and that's why you're, you're no, dodging the, the question. Let me move on. This, no, spring, this spring... Now, it's true. What I love is, I won't answer the question, but I, I will, I, I'll, get, I, I'll just... I'll go blah, 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 and then you say, well, what I get from your blah, 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 blah is this... Well, how dare you <laughs> try to interpret what I'm saying? 
well, I'm asking you a direct question and you won't answer it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is basically, and and this and I does this ever upset if you're a liberal? Does this ever upset you that nobody will actually defend what you believe? Right. Not even the people that are putting in the legislation. And if you're an independent out there, ask yourself that question: Why won't the people that are putting forth this these policies? ever actually defend under cross-examination what they actually believe. How dare you characterize my beliefs when I'm trying really hard to make sure that I don't characterize my beliefs. Right. Let's have more. Here we go. HHS released a 112-page report claiming that gender affirmation, including social transition, changing one's name, pronoun, and or appearance, is appropriate and beneficial for gender minority children and adolescents, according to this report. The the report recommends cutting federal funds from states with, quote, policies that stigmatize transgender children, including by denying them access to medically necessary health care, end quote. Mr. Secretary, does this mean that HHS is seriously threatening to withhold hospital grants from states like my own if they refuse to go along with surgeries or or puberty blockers for kids? Congressman, we're going to protect the rights of any American to get the health care they're entitled to. And if someone tries to stop them from that, that's a violation of the law. So you would withhold hospital grants from states like mine that ban transgender sex reassignment surgeries for minors. I mean, that, that's what the report says, we clearly. Will, we will protect the rights of any individual to receive the health care they're entitled to, and we will take action against anyone who tries to discriminate so that's against a, a person. So that's a yes. And I want to ask you the same question that I asked Secretary Cardona the other week. Do you support polling federal funds, federal school lunch benefits from schools that refuse to comply with your definition of gender identity? Withholding school lunches from, ki- from uh, kids in schools that won't recognize the definitions that you do. Congressman, I would not hold anyone to the standard of having to uphold my definitions. I would okay, there you go. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. I think it's important what uh, uh, Representative uh, Banks got out of uh, Secretary uh, Becerra there about uh, that that's what the Biden administration would want to do. They'd want to cut hospital funds to any states, hospital funds and school lunch programs to states that say, sorry, we're not going to have uh, mutilation of children right, uh, in our state or right. hormone therapy, all these things that are irreversible at an extremely young age. When you're an adult, fine, do what you wish to do. But yep. as a child, no. Understand how radically insane this administration and Mr. Becerra actually are. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. 
From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carley. All right, so this question was asked the other day to Kareem Jean-Pierre, sticking on the, the entire thing of the radical transgender movement, and we just had played uh, Representative Banks uh, interviewing uh, Secretary Becerra yesterday from Health and Human Services on the fact of his belief and the belief of the Biden administration that hospitals should not be funded in states that will not approve uh, irreversible mutilation of children uh, and uh, uh, of their of their private parts uh, and um, uh, uh, hormone uh, hormone treatments and also lunch money should not be given to those particular schools. Understand the insanity of the mindset of the left today. Then you had Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday when she was asked this question, or two days ago asked this question, what does the president say to parents out there who have daughters in high school, for example, who are worried that their daughters may have to compete against a male, a person born male, and there could be a direct physical competition and worry about their daughter's safety? Look, what you're alluding to, this is her response, is that the transgender kids are dangerous. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> that's a dangerous thing. You're laying out a broad example or explanation of what could potentially happen. This is dangerous. This is a dangerous thing today to say that essentially transgender kids are dangerous. Her word of the day is, is dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> and the simple response would be, are you acknowledging that a biological male with superior strength as we saw what was the one uh what was it was it a volleyball tournament where the woman got hurt what was it mm. there was a tournament where a woman actually yeah. got hurt what happened right you right. bring up that precise thing this is what happened here yeah so are you are you are, are you defying i was gonna so- say soccer or any, anything I've, I've, where yeah, there might be a i forgot of i forgot what it was but it was a two individuals a, there was a woman that was actually hurt yeah. right yeah. Uh, are 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 you saying it doesn't happen? What right. what you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to pervert what I'm saying. I'm saying that in a particular incidence of a biological male with superior strength in any type of contact sport with a female could hurt that female severely and much more severely. Than other females. That's the point I'm bringing up. You won't confront that. You want to make it as if I'm talking about this broad thing that all transgender kids are dangerous as if they're criminals because you can't answer my question. I would have said, yes, there is a danger. There's a danger if a male is playing against or with females in a sport like soccer or basketball, which at times can be a contact sport. There is a danger, and those parents are concerned. What do you say to them? I'm not playing games. They are. Exactly. Yep. And and so I, I ask this question again to anybody who is a liberal and agrees with all this. Why won't they be honest? Right. Why can't they? Or do you, if, you're, if you are liberal, do you, do you understand... Do you actually understand that what you believe is so incredibly radical and offensive that you believe the lies are okay to push 
such a radical point of view that you hold? Whether they are being interviewed on TV or they are being questioned in front of uh, uh, members of the House or the Senate, why aren't they, if you're on the left and you support their agenda, why aren't they shouting at the top of their lungs to support this agenda? Why do they have to walk around the questions? It was a volunteer. It was, a, it was a volleyball player, by the way. She why suffered a concussion. Why don't they have to? Why can't they come out and stand up and say, you're damn right. I don't want kids 18 to 20 to have guns because I don't think they have rights. And I do believe kids under 18 have the right to have surgery. Why can't they say that? Right. Can any Democrat answer that question? Why won't they be honest? Just tell us what you really think. Are, are they a champion for your agenda or yeah. not? Why won't they defend their position? Why do they constantly lie and or try not to answer the question directly about what they believe? If they're a champion, why do they avoid talking about it? And I think that this is something that the members of Congress should say. You won't tell us this. You're not this proud what, of this. This is what you believe. It's here. You're not You're proud not of this. Proud of it. You're, you can't defend it. You know how radical it is. And if you know, if the American public, if you are blunt as to what you believe, you know the re- American public will totally reject you for your insane arguments and your insane mindset. I'd be extremely blunt. It's Pride Month. This is the month you're supposed to show your pride yeah. for the agenda, and you are avoiding questions. You can't even talk about it. Why? Why do the Democrats have no pride in Pride Month? Where are they? And that's the thing, too. You know, when you see it, you know, we uh, we had talked about the, uh, we had read the uh, op-ed piece that was put out by the one of the, uh, the oldest uh, gay activists, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first gay activists for for gay marriage, who said what Pride has become is unbelievable. Completely disagrees with how Pride parades originally were. Uh, you know, for um, uh, you know, was, was for you know to promote the uh, the fact that we should not be discriminated against as to our sexual fetishes. Mm-hmm. And this was this was from the gay activist mm-hmm. and said what that, and so what you saw on the white house lawn was normal they're upset mm-hmm. that's what the pride movement has become they're upset that the president you know okay he he really doesn't believe this well and well actually the president does believe you the only thing is he also believes the polling and he knows that when Americans saw that, they went, no. And the president's trying to lie and say the whole movement's about doing the best for kids and doing this, and that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And then when something like this happens, the White House goes, this is totally inappropriate. No, it's not. You just realize you can't sell it. You're for it. You just can't sell it. The Democrats have no pride in Pride Month. None. None. Why do they have to avoid talking about it? Yeah. If they believe if it. If they're one- on Capitol Hill, they should be, and I mean taking up all 
of the space in that room with how proud they are of this agenda. Why can't they do that? Right. It's quite the opposite. Why are they running from it? And at the same time promoting it. Mm-hmm. Outside of it. Right. Because when reality hits, they know. The polling is crushing them. Otherwise, if the polling weren't crushing them, they could come out. You would have that on the White House lawn every day. Yep. No. No, this is something they have to run from. And if you're part of the agenda and you support the agenda, you need to know that. They're running from it. They can't answer the question. Isn't that discrimination? But if Isn't I would, that what yeah. you've been fighting against? You've been, from the beginning, it's been about acceptance. It's been about, you need to champion our cause. They're not going to champion your cause. They're running from it. But if I would have been that report, I would have said, don't put words in my mouth. You know, you, you claim you want respect up there on the podium. You treat us with no respect when you put words in our mouth. Mm-hmm. I did not say all transgender kids are dangerous. I said in this situation... In a contact sport, like we saw with the volleyball player. Mm -hmm. What do you say to parents that are worried that their biological daughters will be hurt by a biological man? And please don't pervert what I'm saying. Respect is a two-way street. And that is a dangerous situation. And I'm not going to shy away from that. Because that's the concern. The danger of somebody who has much greater strength being on the same field. And they pretended that she can't answer the question. So she goes, oh, you're saying all, like in general, all trans kids are dangerous as if they're criminals going to rob you're you. You're gaslighting. Right. You're in gaslighting. In order to avoid right. the question. Yep. Answer the question. Then uh, this story out there, a California bill aims to control parents' medical decisions about their children by compelling them to provide gender-affirming care. That's in quotes. A uh, psychotherapist told Fox News parents... Fighting custody battles could be liable for child abuse if they don't affirm their kid's gender under the recently amended AB 957. The legislation, if it becomes law, would require judges presiding over such disputes to favor the parent who best affirms the minor's preferred identity, though it doesn't outline what affirmation includes. Uh, For the state of California to bring in a bill based on this new approach is so high-handed and reckless, it's going to cause an awful lot of distress, said Stella O'Malley, an Ireland-based psychotherapist who uh, uh, heads a group uh, advocating uh, for evidence-based approaches to gender distress, according to its website. There's a range of issues uh, with this bill. For starters, they don't define what is affirmation. Mm -hmm. The legislation passed California's lower chamber on May 3rd and originally proposed... Uh, that the courts decide whether each parent in a custody battle was affirming the child's gender. An amendment added last week added criteria for what constitutes parental responsibility for child welfare, requiring that parents must affirm their child's gender identity if they are to be judged uh, fit for providing the health, safety, and welfare of the child in the court of law. A key aspect of uh, the affirmation approach is that it's child-led, O'Malley said. Mm Mm-hmm. The affirmation approach believes the child knows better, which is basically denying the immaturity of the child. Yeah. Never in the history of mankind 
Have we had children leading adults? O'Malley said. Uh, Have we ever had children leading professionals? Yeah. That's, you know, uh, decisions about their care. Never. Right. Right. This is an understand, again, how radically insane the mindset of the Democratic Party is. Because this is mainstream in California. They voted for it. If they they make this law, then tell me why they wouldn't change age of consent. Yeah. This is as wickedly perverted as it gets. And they're fighting for it. They want it to be the law of the land. And if you as a parent deny it, you are going to be guilty of breaking the law. You're going to be deemed abusive as a parent. And we saw it happen in Canada because the the law that the parent would not affirm the child's gender in the house, and it got to the point where they said, well, you're in contempt of court. If you don't, you go to jail. We said this a while back. This is where this is all This is where this is going. Yep. And here we are. Yep. But understand the evil and despicable insanity, the pervertedness of the mainstream of the Democratic Party and the Biden administration and Democrats in states all across the United States, the perverted, despicable, evil mindset that they hold. Who the hell do you think you are, parents? How dare you? You don't have a place in their classroom. And if they want elective surgery to mutilate their genitals and you're against it, we will hold you legally responsible. And every Democrat listening right now knows it's wrong. You may be a coward to say it, but you know it's wrong. It's evil. It's perverted. You know it. You may be bullied. You may be afraid. You may want to (laughs) just get along. But you know how evil and perverted the Democratic Party is today. And this administration is fighting, fighting for this. As we always say, tell us where we're wrong. You can't. 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. In order to manage speed, you need to understand the four factors involved in stopping a vehicle. Perception distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time you see a hazard until your brain recognizes it. The perception time for an alert driver is approximately three-fourths of a second. Reaction distance is the distance a vehicle travels from the time your brain tells your foot to move from the accelerator until your foot hits the brake pedal. The average driver has a reaction time of three-fourths of a second. Brake lag distance also needs to be taken into account. When operating a vehicle with air brakes, it takes about half a second for the mechanical operation to take place. Finally, braking distance is the distance it takes a vehicle to stop once the brakes are applied. Braking distance is affected by the weight, length, and speed of the vehicle, as well as road condition. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, <laughs> trans activist Rose Montoya banned from the White House after flashing his breast there on Saturday, said he is tired of seeing uh, brands caving to the bullies. The 27-year-old <laughs> has over 800,000 followers on Tic Tac and told The Guardian that this year he did not receive as many brands or companies seeking to partner with him for Pride Month. Tic Tac or Tic Tac? What I say? You said Tic Tac. Did I say Tic Tac? Did I miss out on a new one already? Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's very small. Well, Tic Tacs are something I can't eat anymore, so maybe that's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe. Or that was Kit Kat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was thinking. You can have a Tic Tac. Tic Tac on Tic Tac told The Guardian that Uh this year he did not receive many brands or companies (laughs) seeking to partner with him. For Pride Month, and then I confuse that with Kit Kat. <laughs> Sorry for my Biden moment. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of my trans friends and colleagues. We've all noticed less brands seeking partnerships and small budgets for Pride campaigns. It's disappointed, uh, dis- uh, disappointing. Well, maybe you should uh, well, say maybe part of it has to do with what we believe and that our mindsets are insane to the majority of the commercial American public who wishes to buy things. Right. Right. You people, you want people to endorse you. You want brands to endorse you, which is to imply that the people that support those brands would endorse you. That has to come naturally. And pressuring companies to do it is bullying. So you say the bullies are winning, but is it the bullies or the people that yeah. just don't agree with your agenda? Right. Actually, you're not winning. Exactly. Because you're the bullies. Yep. Who are the ones that don't want to have debate? Who are the ones that are bullying, saying no debate on this particular issue? None. There is no debate. Of yeah. course there's debate. Right. Let me ask you a question. Asking a question is violence. Why? And this is this actually is the logic that they are blunt about. That because transgenders have, this came straight, we go back to last year when this really picked up steam, when Josh Hawley was interviewing the Berkeley professor. Mm-hmm. He said, what are you talking about when you know birthing persons? That's when it really blew up last year. And she said, and he goes, what do you mean? I, I, you know, women get pregnant. Let me ask these And he goes, she said, asking the questions in itself is committing an act of violence. Yeah. That's wrong. Right. And Just he said, what, what are you talking about? And violence. she said, because 25% of transgenders attempt to commit suicide. I'm just asking questions about your beliefs. Yes. You can't do You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Sorry I had to stop you, Eric. Yeah. We had to go on back on the air. All right, fine. <laughs> we were talking about stuff and things, having a talk show, and you guys. Well, no, we can no, we can talk about it because we didn't well, we didn't talk about the fact that yet that the Fed didn't raise uh yeah. didn't raise rates yesterday. I was I was having a discussion with somebody who was an executive for a global company, and and they were making the point that 
you know, it shouldn't be the case that there's this changing of the definition of words and the virtue signaling of uh, corporations. What becomes dangerous is when you do that and then you virtues virtue signal that you you know well look we did the right thing well you're supposed to do the right thing right it's like saying hey everybody i uh, just want to let everybody know i put my kids in their seatbelt. thank you very much thank you and go around promote i put my kids in their seat well you're supposed to put your kids in your seatbelt and their seatbelt. so this is the uh virtue signaling that goes on but beyond that also this this idea of of uh changing definitions um in in the corporate world and when we talk about capitalism a, a very blunt and direct approach is always best and then the assessment yesterday i think it's why uh, uh by the way C, uh, cnbc and other financial channels have just become laughable because they're they're sitting the blah 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 becomes they're changing the definition of blah, blah, and blah. So the new blah, blah, blah doesn't mean what the old oh, blah, 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 blah meant. And you have to ask, well, are they saying new blah, 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 or old blah, blah, blah? You know, and and then it be that, that stupid phrase, well, this is the new normal. You mean you're not going to get up off your duff and do something about it? You mean we're not going to work hard as a nation anymore? I mean, what are you, what are you trying to say? But you see the assessment of, like, uh, Jerome Powell and the decision not to move um, on interest rates. Well, the market, I believe the market is saying that the blah, 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 the blah, 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 and I want to be careful about the blah, 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 and how we approach the blah, 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 because in the July blah, 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 there could be a blah, blah, blah increase. It's, you're just filling the balloon. That's all you're doing. Hot air. It's nothing more, nothing less. And I noticed and, the stock market really didn't move at all. I mean, there was like no yeah, response. I think it was like down a couple hundred, I think. Was it down a couple hundred? Uh, for yesterday? the day, let me let me double check that. Uh, three. <laughs> Don't have my glasses on. Well, but you, uh, but when 232? you But when you when you go back and and look at everything, you know what what the reason that we're talking about. You know the uh, the Fed rate is because of the government spending. Yeah, and you and I and all of our listeners, everybody, we 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 don't live in the bubble of today, and we know our listeners don't either. They remember they re- remember what uh, Jerome Powell was saying. Remember what um, the uh, the Treasury Secretary was 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 stating. The f- former Fed chair. Yeah. It was blah, 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 blah. There is no inflation. No inflation. Transitory, da, 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 this, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's you make a great point because think about this. These are the people controlling our finances. And nobody, unless they come out and say, you know, okay, we're going to raise it two points and then people will panic because, like, what what are these people that are clueless and have lied to us before what are they doing now but they have no credibility yellen has no credibility powell has no credibility think about this that in the most important positions 
when it comes to having an impact and controlling the economy, we put the least credible people into those positions. We don't have to be here. We don't. It didn't ever have to get to this point. No, it didn't. Everything we're dealing with in the economy with the broken border, self-inflicted, it's all a choice. Yep. We choose to be here. We have the resources that we could go get in the ground, open it up wide, and become a massive, massive, massive growing economy. And an expansion in that economy lifts everybody. You don't have to work in that industry in order to benefit from that. We've seen that in the past. The spending power that increases for all families. But what are we doing instead? We're shutting it down and and creating a mandate that says, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to buy an electric car if you're going to buy a new one. You can't afford a new regular car. You certainly can't you afford can't have, an electric car, but that doesn't matter. You can't have natural gas in your home. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't do this. You can't do that. And we decide that. and We outlaw that behavior. This is a choice because we put them there. You know, and you've seen that you saw that natural gas stove vote got in the House got 20 Democrats to vote with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. And, yeah. And, well, and you look at that, but I mean, that that's another thing where, again, we had stated it. And now the science has been done mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And, and we said, well, wait a minute, just knowing how energy is transferred mm-hmm. and and how, you know, e- efficiencies, whether it's, you know, resistance in, you know, lines or whatever, what's more efficient if they're talking about they don't want to use natural gas because uh, of climate change, even though mm-hmm. natural gas the United States using natural gas is one of the reasons that we were able to actually not be a part of any of these climate change packs. But actually, if if we were part of them, we would have been the country that would have actually reached the the level we should have reached right. because of natural gas. You know, they, they they wish to ban the gas stoves. Why? Because they have apparently nothing to do this week. So what they're going to do is, and the, the engineers said, okay, let's look into this. And they said, well, wait a minute here. If you ban the gas stoves, they have to be electric. And so you're going to be using natural gas in order to produce that electricity that has to go through all the lines. Mm-hmm. You're better just to ship the natural gas there. It's actually more efficient, which means you use less natural gas to have gas stoves than if you have the electric stoves and you can sit there and say, well, just like electric vehicles, there's no emissions at the end point. Uh-huh. Well, what about the rest of the equation? No! Ignore the rest of the equation. Do not pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Do, I mean, it's... Questions it's, or violence. It's... it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you know, if, you ask, again. if you ask a question, you wish to destroy the planet. Yeah. And so, I mean, the insane things that we do based strictly on imagery and same thing in the financial sector. Imagery, blah, 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 blah. I'll be honest with you. I don't even pay attention to what they say anymore. I listen to them and I'm just like, okay, I got to listen to them. But these people are just BSing me. Well, it becomes a personal curiosity. You know, like yesterday it was, 
All right. What is the market going to say on the? It was already priced in. Really. And and to see what I do, like you, I do care what their blahs are to see how they're bsing us. Yeah, because so my, I do care about the blah blah. My blah. curiosity is also how much longer can that exist? Right. Um, you have. Look, you have a million financial analysts, not that they have ever, ever been able to accurately predict anything, but at least you could have a conversation about what's happening. You could talk about the truth. <laughs> and like, corporations anymore, if you're going to have a CEO on, <laughs> and it doesn't matter where you are, the activists are going to shout them down. Uh, they're going to change the way they talk because of that pressure. And that's stupid. And we talk about the. You know, like, for example, CNBC, and it's like for the longest time, for years, yeah. you and I have been talking about, maybe decades been talking mm-hmm. about, they're supposed to be the capitalist network talking about capitalism. Yeah. And, and they're full of socialist economists. Right. Talking to Wall Street. It's like, right. what, the, what the hell is this? <laughs> I mean, just... And it, it's, look, uh, I guess if you wanted to go full activist mode, which they're approaching, <laughs> then that would be one way to do it. Well, but yeah, if you're that's... talking about capitalism, if you're talking about earnings, if you're talking about corporations, but again, it's all part of it because the corporations are getting the the pressure. You know, it's, but everybody knows, except for Mark Cuban, that it's the, <laughs> what drives, <laughs> what drives, a profitable company. <laughs> Did you hear Kevin O'Leary went after him? <laughs> yeah. like, what? what are you, crazy? <laughs> you kidding me? Bud Light was the number one domestic beer. The number one beer. Not anymore. You tell me that's good marketing? No, it ain't. Here, here, here. Let me just, I just have to read this quickly here because... But that was part of the blah, 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 blah. Was, yeah. was Cuban yet. Yeah. Right. You want to talk about... Uh, that was more blah, 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 blah. Right. Kevin O'Leary hits back after Mark Cuban claims going woke is good business. He goes, it makes absolutely no sense. When you get involved in partisan politics, you basically lose 50% of your constituency. Right, right. How is that favorable? Right. Now, <laughs> Cuban did claim... claim no, he did say it's good for business that they believe they're doing the right thing, but just because they believe they're doing the right thing doesn't mean it's good for business. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, he says, when when you're Disney or you're a beer company or you're Target, you have customers of every kind, Republicans, Democrats, gender-specific or gender-neutral. It doesn't matter. If you want to sell everybody, you, you want to sell everybody everything all the time. When you get involved in partis- partisan issues, you basically lose 50% of your constituency. Right. Why... Would you do that when you're a consumer goods or service company? Everybody's learning makes absolutely no sense. The Here's ro- the thing. The role of business, a corporation in America for the last 200 years, has been to serve the customers, their employees, and shareholders. Their role is not to educate on the social issue of the day. And, and, and that's it. If you sell beer, your customer is a beer drinker. Full stop. That's it. If you have a store like Target, your customer is a shopper looking for bargains, full stop. Don't jump in further than that. Because you're going to alienate, again, half of your customer base by taking on that cause. 
And it's not going to work. It isn't going to work. By the way, a lot of these companies that jumped into these things felt intimidated to do so, and now they're backing off on it. Yes. If Mark Cuban right. hasn't been paying attention, maybe he's right. worried about what the hell's going on with the Mavericks. But right. <laughs> I guess. But if, if you don't see what's going on with ESG and everything else right now in the financial world, and how, yeah, they might have jumped on it. It wasn't beneficial. It wasn't profitable to do so. Right. Right. And so that's where Cuban completely delusional on that. Seriously. No. Completely del- I was actually shocked when you said, I go, seriously, is he, what's wrong with him? He knows that's not the case. Right. And he knows that the intimidation, whether it was Black Lives Matter or everything, that was intimidation. Right. That was you get along or we're going to brand you a racist. That's what's happened to many and, of these companies. And he knows if you don't that the do NBA it, had to back out of that. The NBA had to back out of it. And he knows why. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. But, but, and the blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's finishing our sentences now. The, it's a blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Well, uh, the other thing was you saw productivity lowest since 2007. Yeah. 2008. Yeah. Like minus two, two something in the first quarter yeah minus i mean that's and it's like and what they're the the bad thing about that is that what what that shows is you need to hire more people which is going to drive up and that's that's what they're afraid of right that's going to drive up you know because the market is so tight mm-hmm. right now that that's going to drive up wages wages have labor inflation come, come down a little and yeah. all of a sudden labor inflation is going to hit on yep. service yep and they're like don't look at this as if we're going to start going in the opposite direction right when it comes to uh the fed rate right now right yeah and then, the I other, mean, there's... And then, then the other thing is with all this new debt mm. coming in mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the debt ceiling raised right you know what is what's the cost of a treasury bill going to be a month or two from Ugh. now you know what's the inter- and then that's going to affect the the budget that's going to affect the 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 but everything is interrelated everything that we've done wrong because that's what we've done. Compromise has got us to the debt problem and has gotten us to the point of putting everything we want today on our children and grandchildren. And that's that what, can't work ever. That's what compromise and civility got. Blah, right? blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of season two of the hit podcast series In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen. 
Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen.